This is episode 47 of the Kindred Mom podcast. I'm your host, Emily Sue Allen. Hi there, friends. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen to this episode of the Kindred Mom podcast. We are launching into a new series for the month of November that is on comparison and contentment. Today's episode is specifically about comparison, and I've titled it Comparison, the Thief of Everything, because I think comparison robs us of so much more than joy. I have wonderful guests on the show with me today. The first are two of our Kindred Mom team members, Lindsay Cornett and Jenny Van Winkle, and we're talking really about what comparison looks like in our current lives, things that we've struggled with. It's a pretty juicy conversation. I hope you enjoy it. And after that, I have Corey Wheeland on for the second half of the show, and she's been one of our writers in residence this fall, so maybe you recognize her and have read some of her pieces on the blog. She is a single mom who has really wrestled with comparison in her life in a variety of ways, and I just love her honesty and hope that you find some encouragement in what she has to share about that. I would love to invite you over to check out the series on the blog. It will be running throughout the month, and there's just some really um, poignant things that have been shared by other writers. So hop on over to kindredmom.com and make sure you check those out. We're so glad to have you, and let's jump into the show. Well, I would love to welcome you guys to this episode of the Kindred Bomb Podcast, where we are going to be discussing comparison. And one of the things that I am so excited about with this topic this month is I think it's an extremely applicable topic to many of our lives. And so right now I'm here to welcome Lindsay Cornett and Jenny Van Winkle to our conversation. Welcome, ladies. Hi, thanks for having me. So nice to be back. Mm-hmm. Well, it's going to be a great one, I think, because there are some really juicy things to get into on this topic <laughs> as far as I'm concerned as I've been thinking about it. I just I don't know how we can crack this open without just hitting on some kind of heavy duty stuff in our own lives, at least mine. Mm-hmm. And I would love to just begin by talking about what areas you are most likely to compare yourself to someone else um, or what that experience of comparing in the past has been like for you? I am very much a physical comparison person. Like I'm always, (laughs) it's like, I'm always looking at other women's bodies, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but not in like a, not in like a weird way. Right. But like, right if they're skinnier than me or if they're more fit than me and they have kids that are around my kids' ages, mm-hmm. I, I feel really bad if I don't look like them. And I feel like, what are they doing that I'm not doing? And how can I clearly get with the program? Because this mm. other person must be really good at what they're doing and I must be terrible at it. Yeah, That's an area of comparison that I fall victim to often. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then the other area is kind of like similar, but it's more like milestones or rites of passage, essentially, like people who have something that I don't have, like they have more money, or they have more stuff, or they have more education, or just feel like their life is more put together and more successful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like 
if I'm not as successful in some way, it doesn't necessarily mean I have to be successful in the same way that they're successful. Like if they're a doctor, I'm, I don't really think I should be a doctor Mm -hmm. or something like that. But if I can't demonstrate the same type or the same level of success, Mm -hmm. then I feel like I've failed, you know, or yeah. Yeah, I relate to that. Well, Jenny, I just feel like you have launched us into like vulnerability straight up. And I appreciate that because <laughs> I think this topic really pokes at insecurities. Um, and oh, to yeah. be able to talk about yeah. it really honestly is the whole point of this podcast. So I commend you for going there from the very beginning. And I would say that for myself that I don't as much compare like bodies or success as much as I compare anybody that I admire and they have qualities that I would love to have or they're really good at something I would love to be good at. Those are the ones that kind of grab me a little bit as um, I don't know how we use other people as a measurement of our own worthiness or our own trying to see where we fit in the spectrum. And I think that's what's so dangerous about this because so much of what Mm -hmm. we are comparing to is only part of the story, maybe even just a fraction of the story sometimes. And so I think that's why we're diving into this conversation. Lindsay, how about you? Is there something that stands out? Oh man, I don't even know where to begin. (laughs) There are so many things that come to mind because this has definitely been a a struggle for me. I think I've gotten better, but it continues to be a struggle. One big thing for me is my kids' behavior Mm -hmm. and my kids' milestones. So it's not even looking at myself, but it's looking at my children and how they compare to other people. You know, I've my kids, there's like some special needs and there's just, they've got intense personalities. And Mm. that is an area where I start to feel really insecure. Like I compare how they are doing to how other kids are doing or how they behave to how other kids behave. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because as moms, we get afraid that that's a reflection on us, Mm -hmm. right? That I must have done something wrong as a mother if my child has not hit these milestones mm-hmm. in the same on the same timeline as another yeah. kid. Um, so that's a big one for me. Money has been another big one for me. We, um, you know, have been on a tight budget for yeah the entirety of our marriage at this point, and um, that's a hard one for me. Like I see other people with you know, they're nicer cars or they're in seemingly nicer homes or whatever the case may be, or someone taking a vacation. And that's an area where I really start to feel um, some discontent, I think. And um, comparison plays a really big role in that Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, that's really honest stuff. And I think we could probably keep going if we wanted to as far as... Yeah, I've got a whole list. If you guys need more examples, I've got I think that's great because it just, it kind of opens the conversation with these are some really practical things and we all know that there are many more. And one of the things I wanted to bring up in this episode is that quote that many people know. I don't even know if I know the official person who it is to be credited to, but... Um, the quote that comparison is the thief of joy. And, you know, Mm -hmm. that does ring true in my experience, but I do feel like it stops a little short of what comparison really steals from us, which is one reason why I titled this episode comparison, the thief of everything. And that is a little bit of an Hmm. exaggeration, obviously, because there are other things that can take away our joy or other things in our lives that are good. But comparison really does 
do a number on relationships and our own self-confidence. And when I have thought through this in the past about what comparison really robs us of, it can rob us of so many things. I don't know, this has happened to me where there's someone who just seems extremely put together and I immediately decide quietly in my own heart, I'm not going to be her friend because I'm way too much of a mess for that, you know, which is just... You know, mm-hmm. it's that's honest. Oftentimes, I I do try to push through those feelings of really sharp insecurity, um, and still try to reach out, which is a skill I've learned over time. But I'd love for you guys to come up with any ideas you have of what comparison can really rob us of if we allow it to make our decisions for us. Yeah, I think friendship mm-hmm. is a big one. I think for me, honesty mm-hmm. is another. When I start to feel really insecure about something because I have been comparing to another person, I hesitate to then be honest with them about whatever my own struggle is or my own mm-hmm. thoughts on a topic. It, even it can be something as like if I'm having a conversation with someone and somebody else seems to be more mm-hmm. knowledgeable about it. Like I'm more likely to then retreat mm-hmm. from the conversation. So maybe honesty is not quite the right word, but mm-hmm. authenticity, I think maybe is, is that I just, I mm-hmm. put my guard up mm-hmm. um, and I feel less comfortable being myself, not because of anything the other person has done, but just because of my own insecurities, yeah. like you said. I always remember the... One of the first times that quote really kind of stood out to me was I was at a friend's apartment and um, we were newlyweds at the time and we were relatively new friends. And I went into her kitchen and she had that written on an index card that Mm -hmm. was taped to her refrigerator. And it really stood out to me because she was someone that I had been comparing Mm -hmm. myself to a lot. Um, And it was kind of letting some of those insecurities bubble up in me. And I just saw that on her fridge and it was kind of an aha moment for me. Like, oh, look, this person who in my mind seems to have it all together is also struggling Mm -hmm. with comparison Mm -hmm. and contentment in this way. And that just really helped me to kind of be more at ease. Yeah, I feel like... I don't know how to explain what it steals, but I think it, what I would say is it steals my ability to just Mm -hmm. live my life. And I can't, I'm thinking of examples of before I had children and I really wanted children and people that I knew were having children and in my, you know, siblings and things like that, that are younger than me. I'm the oldest in my family and of Mm -hmm. my in-laws also. And you know, and every time I feel like I'm supposed to be the trailblazer and I'm supposed to be the first one because Mm -hmm. I'm the oldest to experience things and kind of lay the foundation for everyone that's younger than me. And so when they, when people that were younger than me were having children before me, I was feeling like, well, that you've just stolen (laughs) you, this person Mm -hmm. who is like, it's not, it's (laughs) not their fault, but my rite of passage or my position for some, (laughs) it all sounds so trite when I try to put words to it. It's like my position in a hierarchy of, you know, this people I know has been like demoted and it's, and it sometimes feels like, well, what have I traded for not having kids when everyone else is having kids or something like that? And then I feel like I've, like Lindsay was saying, I have my guard up and I'm being abrasive and that kind of stuff because I'm harboring some kind of 
pain in my heart mm-hmm. that they had nothing to do with, yeah. you know, and they have, yeah. and they have no idea why I'm being such a person, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> such a nice but, way to put um, it, Jen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, um, you know, it just affects those relationships too. And, and I'm not happy with the distance that I'm creating because I'm insecure about those things. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm going to ask you guys a question. Um, and it is kind of a trick question because I have an answer to the question myself, but I still want to hear your thoughts before I expand on mine. And that question is, do you think comparison is always bad? Yeah, that's a good question, Emily. I, I kind of think that to a degree, comparison can be helpful mm-hmm. if you're kind of thinking of your existence within a larger group population mm-hmm. and comparison of what everyone else is doing as kind of a barometer of what's normal. Mm-hmm. And so if you're kind of following what everyone else is doing, I mean, there are pros and cons to that, of course. Yeah. And if you are, if you're kind of forgetting who you are and your personhood and sort of throwing that away in order to follow the crowd, then that there's something wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But I kind of think that it's sort of a survival technique mm-hmm. of how to fit in and how to get along with people if you can kind of yeah. be like other people. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I do think that it's a, it's a survival technique mm-hmm. for thriving within groups. My initial thought was to say, no, it's not mm-hmm. always bad because sometimes we admire people, right? We see that somebody is really great maybe at I don't know, having, setting aside time to read their Bible or at um, really good communication with their husband or whatever the thing is. And it's good to admire those people and to seek to improve those areas in our own Mm -hmm. lives, right? Somebody else can inspire us to, to do better and to want to do better. But I think that's a little different for me. And maybe this is just the way my own mind Mm -hmm. works. But when I'm admiring someone, I think I'm recognizing what is good in Mm -hmm. them. When I'm comparing, it's usually coming from a place where I'm noticing what feels bad or insufficient in me. Like it kind of starts from a different place instead Mm -hmm. of starting from what's good about another. It starts from my own insecurity. Does that make sense? It does. And I think you're starting to hit on what I wanted to say about this. And, you know, I know I get kind of funny about words and nuances of meaning because, you know, if we talk about comparison, we have already jumped to some conclusions about what we're really talking about here, which are our insecurities, our you know, me versus another person Mm -hmm. and how we look next to each other in whatever area. And to make it simpler than that, like when I think of comparison, comparison could be a number of different things because you go to the store and you're comparing two pairs of jeans, considering which one you're going to buy, you have to compare those things like in order to make a good decision. So anytime we're comparing, it can be just for sorting information and trying to figure out which route is the best choice for you at that time. Mm -hmm. But when something is hinged to it, 
having anything to do with identity or value or trying to find validation or acceptance or something at that soul level that would say something about who you are or are not at the soul level, that's when I think it starts to get a sour note in there mm-hmm. because, you know, I can even look around at friends of mine who are saying, well, we're, we're all in our mid-30s and this is where we are professionally or this is where we are with our families. And there are very benign ways I can compare just parts of our lives that are the same or different. And sometimes that really fosters our relationships. But when I start making a comparison that has these conclusions about who I am or who I am not, that's when it starts to be a divider. You know, it starts to be something that I think ultimately leads us to conclusions that are not true. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's what's tricky about our minds is that we can we can be clear on a lot of things, but when we start to try to evaluate how acceptable am I compared to this person who looks on Instagram or out and about with children who behave and a, a totally put together outfit and, you know, that somehow seeing that as a commentary that I am not enough, that I'm too much of a mess. Those are just conclusions that are not grounded in truth because there's so much more to the story on both sides of it. Right. Well, and you can also sneak into the, like the snarky judgy part of it too, when you're looking at this person who seems to be put together and you go, Oh, well, I don't know. It just makes you judgmental of these people and you don't know what their lives are like. And it just, there's no point in going around that, that merry-go-round because it just doesn't go anywhere. Well, and not only does it often lead us to devalue ourselves, I think it leads us to devalue other people, Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes not intentionally. Like nobody's going to sit around and be like, I intentionally want to be just a judgmental, unkind person. Right. (laughs) But some of these things do lead us those places in our minds. And that's why I think it's just so important to be honest with ourselves about what it is that we're struggling with and and try to sort out what's true about it and what's Mm -hmm. not. And I think that's one reason that having really solid, trusting relationships with others can be really helpful because I know there are times that I get turned around in my mind about how something is or isn't in my life. And it's those friends who have earned my trust, who have walked with me through ups and downs that a lot of time just give me perspective that I'm missing from my own vantage point and... So that leads me to another question. I just want to know some thoughts from you guys about what are some practical ways to keep comparison in check in your life and not let it just rule the whole experience. One thing that I try to do is look for opportunities to celebrate other women. I've tried to to stop saying I'm so jealous Mm -hmm. of that, Mm -hmm. or I'm so jealous of you. For a while, I realized that I said that a lot. Mm -hmm. Like someone would tell me about something exciting they were going to do or somewhere they were going or something they bought. And that would be the first phrase out of my mouth is I'm so jealous. And that's kind of rooted in comparison, Mm -hmm. right? That immediately implies like you have something that I don't have and I want it. Um, So instead, I've tried to get in the habit of saying that I'm so excited for someone And just that simple tweak is really helpful for me because I think that when we are kind of authentically and sincerely focused on 
encouraging and celebrating and being a cheerleader for somebody else that takes our eyes off of our own security, insecurity Mm -hmm. a little bit more. So that's helpful for me. Yeah. How about you, Jen? Do you have any ideas? Oh, I feel like this is such a struggle for me and it's been a struggle for me for a long time that Mm -hmm. I, I just, what I try to do is something similar to Lindsay because I know that it's not sustainable for me to have these feelings that really do yeah. rob me of of joy and everything else mm-hmm. it seems um, mm-hmm. and just kindness is just to really do just that to practice kindness and show kindness to people and without expectation that that would ever be repaid to me and to just let my hands be open with the things that I have and the, I guess the time that I have to spend the time with people rather than, you know, trying to keep my schedule all neat and tidy. Mm -hmm. It's like putting, putting in effort to spend time. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's helpful because I, I do think that the more isolated that I am, the more insecure that I am Mm -hmm. because I feel like I, I'm just perpetuating the thing that I feel like everyone else isn't struggling with. Like I'm not successful like you are because I'm home with my kids. So if I can stop just being at home by myself with my kids, like go out with my kids, spend time with other people, invest in, in their heart and in their lives, then I feel good that I've done something Mm -hmm. kind for someone else. And that translates into feeling good about myself too. Yeah. I was just um, looking up, I did some writing on this a couple years ago, which was probably where the seed of the idea for this topic this month came from. Mm -hmm. And I listed uh, the things that you lose when you compare yourself to someone else. So I was just going to share a couple of them since we did title this episode, the thief of everything. I feel like I need to kind of give some substance to that. And some of the things that land on this list for me are confidence, that confidence goes out the window the minute you feel like you're less than someone else. And courage, Mm -hmm. I think it takes a lot of courage, especially to tackle motherhood and all the challenges that we face every day, especially when anybody is judgmental of us or critical of the choices that we make or comparing, you know, this is, this is in mommy wars and zone, you know, as far as like people just taking sides on different parenting philosophies or family choices that that's one thing that I really have cared about as we started Kindred Mom and have had conversations over the last two years, really, um, that I just don't want to be in those conversations. Like, I feel like it's possible to courageously mother our children and be similar in some ways, different in others to the other moms in our lives and to not lose the courage that it takes for us to bravely do what we need to do for our kids. So that's a big Mm -hmm. one. Yeah. I think we lose opportunities when we compare and this is the the thing I wrote about on my blog. <laughs> um, I said, when you're looking through the noculars, as my kids used to call binoculars, <laughs> when you're looking through the noculars at your neighbor's yard, all the opportunities that are coming to you could be whizzing by you and you can't see them because you're like busy looking okay. over the fence, you know? Yes. And, you know, I just think opportunities to grow, opportunities to serve others and build relationships, to do important, meaningful things um, are all things that we can miss if we are just focused on trying to 
make up for what yeah. we lack because of what we see in other people's lives. And so, and then we already mentioned this, but friendships. And I think this is the quickest way to kill friendships that are blossoming or, you know, people that we meet. If we draw conclusions about who they must be or who we must be compared to them, I don't know. I've had such rich and meaningful friendships in my life that it makes me sad to really think about the ones that I may not have because of just conclusions I drew about that person from Mm -hmm. our first encounter or, you know, my insecurities kind of getting the best of me. So I'm just, I don't know if you guys have thoughts about any of those before we move on to another question, but those are the things that fall in the zone for me. Yeah. I wanted to circle back around to practical things that I do to fight comparison. Mm -hmm. Gratitude is a big one for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I am one of those people, like I keep an actual physical list of things that I'm grateful for. I used to have a a separate notebook just for that. And now I just do it on my calendar and in my Mm -hmm. bullet journal. I just jot down a thing or two a day or a couple things a week that I'm Mm -hmm. grateful for because like we were saying earlier, so often comparison stems from areas where we feel like we are lacking. Mm -hmm. And when I am really intentional about practicing gratitude, it just makes me more aware of how much I really do have. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, there's less room for thinking about all of the things that I lack and the things that I'm missing. And so that gratitude practice is also a really simple, and I almost feel like it's cheesy. Like everybody talks about, oh yeah, be grateful and write down the things you're grateful for. But I don't know, sometimes those simple things really can be really powerful. Mm -hmm. And it definitely is for me. I agree with that. I think um, just choosing to be vulnerable is one of the ways that I have fought comparison because, you know, I've had more than one situation where I met somebody who I just thought was amazing and I just thought they were out of my league or for whatever reason. But I have found that when I will just kind of cut through whatever those feelings of insecurity are and just really extend a hand, be a person who invites, be someone who reaches out first, that, I mean, that's a super vulnerable place to be in. But I have to say some of my most cherished friendships and opportunities that I have pursued have happened because of just taking a step of vulnerability with somebody who I wasn't sure how that would be received. I wasn't sure what would be waiting on the other side. And I think recognizing that so many women are navigating loneliness or navigating insecurities, I don't know, as I've grown up a little bit, I've realized Everybody deals with these things and they might be different areas than mine, but the desire for relationship or the longing to belong or connect, I think, is pretty universal. And it's true. It's it's a pretty rare time, I think, when you'll reach out to someone that, you know, if they're a a reasonable and worthwhile person to get to know, that they're going to be really terrible to you. So <laughs> that's been my that's been my strategy. Yeah. yeah, I think you're right about that. Well, I'd love to talk while we still have just a couple minutes left, um, just how comparison might specifically impact us while we're wearing our mom hats. 
and how we can really talk about comparison in relationship to our kids. Because I think even our kids come to conclusions that are not always true. I've got six that are all comparing to each other. Well, he got to have more ice cream or they got, you know, like they're all over stupid things, really. (laughs) But at the same time, I feel like this is training ground for as they grow and how will they navigate comparison? I'd love to know if you have any thoughts about that. I always think about my daughter and Mm -hmm. she's such a powerful instrument for me to, to think about how I'm being in the world because and my sons too, they, they watch everything. And some of the things that I don't really know if they're watching or not, they're watching Mm -hmm. and they, they articulate things and repeat things to me. And, and it sort of blindsides me that it's like, Oh, well, you were paying attention to that thing Mm -hmm. that I probably shouldn't have said or whatever. And so I just think about that. Like, what does my posture look like? How do I behave to other people mm-hmm. that will show that I am a kind person, that I am a generous person, that my daughter sees that there's there's no need for this one-upmanship among mm-hmm. women. Like there's no there's no room for that. And like it doesn't help you be friends with people, it doesn't draw people to mm-hmm. you, it doesn't, you know, help you bridge that gap. And so I want to be demonstrating kindness and I want to be demonstrating love for people. And I hope that that would translate because I just, I, I don't want like mean girls, yeah, <laughs> you know, the movie mean sure. girls. I just don't, I'm like, I don't want that to be how I'm behaving. I don't want her to think that's the normal thing that you're supposed to be catty and, and fight, mm-hmm. but to rise above that and to, and to let that just not be even on your frequency, you know, that you don't even play that way. Yeah. That's why motherhood is so powerful, right? Because the things we want to teach our children, Mm -hmm. we have to model for them, you know? And so we, our own lives and hearts are transformed in the process of trying to teach them these things sometimes. My kids are still young enough that we have not had too Mm -hmm. much comparison to deal with yet. But I did have an experience a few months ago where my two-year-old, Leo, he's very good at finding things. Like if I say, hey, where is the, mm-hmm. I don't know what, where's the soccer ball? I can almost guarantee that Leo is going to be able to find it. For whatever reason, he just knows where things are mm-hmm. and he's able to track things down. And I made the comment to him and to all of the kids, I said, this is one of Leo's special skills. He is so good at finding things. And my five-year-old kind of looked at me and said, is that my special skill too? Like he was kind of hurt that I implied that Leo had Mm -hmm. this skill that maybe he did not. And it just reminded me of the importance of noticing, right, what their gifts are and making sure that I'm intentional about calling them out. Because we talked about, right, that so often our comparison stems from insecurity. And so my, you know, I have begun to compare myself to others less when I feel more secure and I have a better understanding of what Mm -hmm. my own strengths and weaknesses are, you know, and, and I'm more content with those. And I think that's going to be true for my kids as well. Like I have a important job of helping them to see what their strengths are and really identifying those for them so that they can lean into those more. So I think that's important. Such important thoughts. And I have one little last story I wanted to share because I think other moms could probably relate (laughs) 
And this story is, I've had a number of babies, so my body reflects as such. I have many, many, many stretch marks. I will never wear a bikini again because I just don't really want to share all those stretch marks with the world. But my girls, um, I have my four-year-old, probably in the last year, I couldn't say exactly when it was, but I was in the bathroom, I think getting out of the shower and she's like, mama, your belly is really squishy and has all these lines. And I was like, you know what? That's true. And this is where all my babies grew in my body. And I'm so proud of the evidence of having carried all of you babies in my body because it's such a special part of my experience as a mom. And I don't know where I got the courage to say that off. Like that was my, that was my (laughs) gut reaction. Like make sure she knows that this is okay, that this is Mm -hmm. just a beautiful part of your journey. Because I look at those things in my own (laughs) private life sometimes thinking, oh, my body is just broken down. And, you know, I, I really have paid a price for all these babies. And at the same time, like I just do think that having a positivity and seeing the beauty in that, you know, doesn't mean that I have to like love everything about my body because I don't, but I do appreciate what my body has done. And Mm. um, I think being able to identify those things and help when our kids notice things like that, that could very easily poke at our insecurities. Oh yeah. And how quickly you could have just like covered up and said, you know, and, or uh, dodged the question or yes, or brushed it off or told her or even scolded her. Like, I feel like you might say like, you know, don't talk about people's bodies that way or anything, yeah. right? There's so many ways you could have responded yeah, there. And, you know, and yeah. she has repeated to me several times since then. She's like, it's so amazing that you've had babies in your belly. And I'm like, it is so amazing. Uh-huh. And just, I think it has sparked a sense of wonder for her and, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how that's going to play out as she grows as a young woman, but I just felt like that was one small parenting win for me because um, yes, I could, so good. I could have gone a different direction. Mm-hmm. So anyway, well, that's all we have time for, but I thank you both so much for being here and I'm going to go ahead and throw links to both of your blogs and the show notes for this episode. And just thanks so much for being here. Well, it was great, Emily. Thank you. Good conversation. Today, we're going to be talking about comparison, and I have a guest with me named Corey Wieland. Corey, hello. Hi. I'm so glad to have you, and many people will recognize your name because you have been one of our writers in residence this fall, and I just want to thank you for participating in this series of topics that we've gone through and lending your voice. Thanks. It's been such a wonderful experience to be a part of this. Well, it's been really awesome to have you and get to know you a bit, and since our listeners may not know as much about you as I do. I'd love for you to just give us an intro to you and your little family. Yeah. So I'm Corey. I'm a single mom to my seven-year-old daughter, Zoe. I've been divorced for about two and a half years now. So I've, I've spent the better part of the past few years kind of navigating that new life. Mm-hmm. And part of navigating that was just kind of looking at my life now and thinking about you know, who I was, I'd kind of gotten, I'd gotten lost along the way, especially through getting a divorce. And I kind of wanted to try to find a way to get back to me. And one thing I'd always wanted to do growing up was to be a writer. And Mm -hmm. so 
in that whole process of trying to figure out, you know, what did it, what's, what's going to make me feel better about my life and where I am and all that stuff. I thought, well, maybe, maybe I could start writing. It's, it's one of the things I've always wanted to do. Maybe I'll start a blog, you know, it was kind of one of those out of left field, you know, I mean, I don't really know what I was thinking at the time either because I work full time, you know, and then I come home and I have mom duties and, you know, there's just never enough time. But I, I was just, I had this deep yearning to do something bigger than what I was doing and trying to just find a better way to heal and take care of myself. And so yeah. I, I, I bought a domain and I, started a WordPress blog and kind of just started writing. And it felt so great to put pen to paper or, you know, put my, my fingers to the keys and just kind of start writing. And so I did that for a few months and it, it felt so good to do it. And so I thought, well, what if, what if I tried to do this on a regular basis? What if I, mm-hmm. what if I made myself a challenge where I wrote an essay every week for 52 weeks starting in 2017 Mm -hmm. and see what that does. See if I could maybe write about all these things that I I love to do or that made me feel like me back in the day when I was younger or when I was Zoe's age. Mm -hmm. And how, how can I take those things and apply lessons to them and write about them and about what's going on in our lives. And maybe, maybe that'll help me find this way back to myself. And so I kind of put the challenge on myself and I did it. I did not miss one week. I did it for 52 weeks in 2017. I called it everyday nostalgia. And it was just, I think it was probably one of the best things I have ever done. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I grew so much from that experience. I feel like I became a better mom. I engaged more with Zoe. I, you know, got down on the floor with her and had these conversations. And I was looking at things kind of from a six, seven-year-old perspective, which was just really, really great. Mm-hmm. And it forced me to slow down. It forced me to appreciate things yeah. and just really value this time in our lives together. Well, I'm really, really glad that you chased that little idea because I <laughs> you are a really tremendous writer. And the things that I've read of yours um, are all just full of these very small details that are extremely meaningful. And I just, I have this sense that you're a writer who writes to connect and remember and cherish things as opposed to a writer who writes to produce and to advance and to go somewhere. And I I think you will go somewhere. I think you are going somewhere Mm -hmm. because it's just good writing. But I also just think there's just something special about the way that you write. So I'm really glad that you have found that outlet. And I, too, have found writing is something that really is a part of my personal well-being, <laughs> which mm-hmm. I'm not writing often. And it's not even for a public consumption kind of writing if I'm not writing for myself privately at some level, I just feel really out of sorts and like I'm not able to as fully process things that I experience. And so I'm just really resonating with what you shared about that. And I know that your series is just rich and full and I haven't read the whole thing because it is that rich and full. Um, But I do hope that people will check it out. And I don't know if there's a particular week or a a stretch of it that feels um, the most special to you, if there's a particular part you'd want to share a little bit more about. Yeah. So 
and it was kind of funny, the evolution of it, because I was trying to, I mean, obviously my blog is about nostalgia and reminiscing and things like that. And so in the beginning, I was kind of trying to put a little bit more science behind it or just kind of specify things in, into kind of that niche. And so I was doing that for a little bit, but then it kind of evolved more into these really personal essays that, like you said, kind of were focused on particular moments where I had these periods of enlightenment, like, oh my gosh, I, you know, I, I can't believe that I'm here in this place and what am I doing and what have I done? And just kind of the thought process that was involved with it. And probably mid-year through the end of the year is really when it gets, I think, much richer too. Uh, also because I was focusing on these moments of clarity that I would have, especially when Zoe would say something. Zoe, Zoe always has this, these perfect moments and these perfect words that she will say that kind of just puts everything into perspective for mm-hmm. me. She's She's so perceptive and... It's just kids see things so differently sometimes. You know, they, they, I think as adults, we complicate things and kids have a way of really simplifying it or just really seeing things for what they are. And it really reigns you in. It really makes you think, oh my gosh, what, why am I beating myself up over this? Or, or why am I comparing myself to something that isn't even something I should be thinking about right now? And I think the evolution of it turned into just something so much more than it. And I have to say that when when the series was ending, I just, it was this kind of bittersweet time because it was like, what am I going to do next? And I can't believe this is over. And like, like you mentioned just a few minutes ago too, writing is such a cathartic thing for me and ending the series and coming into this year, I've been writing a little less and I feel a little lost not doing it, but it's, it's a season I've been, I got a new job. I've been doing a bunch of other things. And so it's, but it's still back there kind of calling me a lot of the time, but I'm so glad that I have that documentation of that year. If anything, Mm -hmm. it will be something that I can look back on and it will be something that Zoe can look back on and she can, she won't remember that year as perhaps this really hard time because it really could have been especially with a divorce it could have been something that she really struggled with and something that I really struggled with but I think by doing that and having those type of moments with her I really did a good job of making that Mm. something really beautiful instead Mm. well I just love that and Because the topic of comparison is what we're covering in this episode, I'd love to just ask you what role comparison has had in your journey as a mom and what you have learned about yourself as you've begun to confront that and grapple with that a little bit more personally. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, comparing myself to other people has been something I have struggled with my entire life. It's not something that's become a new thing since I've become a mom. I mean, you know, I, I was never, or so I thought, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm a perfectionist. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I was never smart enough. I was never thin enough. I was never good enough at anything, right? I just wasn't enough in my mind. And I'm sure if you asked anybody from my life, they would say, oh my gosh, what are you talking about? But you know, it's, it's this pressure that we put on ourselves. And so be- becoming a mom just amplifies those feelings where 
you know, you have no clue what you're doing when you hold your firstborn, you know, going, (laughs) oh my, oh my gosh, how on earth am I going to do this? And for me personally, you know, that was a, that was a point in my marriage that was really difficult too. And so for the first few years of Zoe's life, you know, here I was struggling with so many things, thinking I wasn't, you know, a good wife. I wasn't a good mom. I wasn't doing this right. Like, why is my life kind of falling apart right now? And, you know, that that's a hard thing to look at and think, wow, have I, have I failed at this huge task that I've been given to be a mom? And will the choices that I make affect her life forever? And now I'm in a position where I'm so different from a lot of the moms that I, I engage with on a regular basis at Zoe's school too. And so I find myself sinking into that very, very bad comparison trap of thinking, you know, oh my gosh, you know, I don't, I don't have a husband, you know, Zoe, Zoe's not being taken care of the right way. She has to stay in aftercare until a certain time. I can't get her at three o'clock because I work. And mm-hmm. while it's hard, I'm also trying to look at it as a way to go. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just because our situation is different doesn't mean it's worse or it's bad or it's not a good thing because when I have Zoe, it's just me and Zoe and I get to focus all of my energy on her. And I think that's really made our relationship so strong. And so I think just kind of taking a step back and trying to look at it a different way and say, this might not be the ideal situation. This might not be where I want to be, but maybe it's actually a good thing. And maybe this is a really positive thing. And how can I use this as a way for us to grow together and learn together and really be in the thick of it as, you know, a really happy mom and daughter together. Well, it's really, I think, one of those important things to consider when we just make judgments about how something is or must be like, if this is our circumstance, we kind of apply a, a judgment to it and say, right, this is, this is not ideal or this is not where I want to be, like you said. And I think it's so wise to step back and see our circumstances from a more objective place because those judgments of the circumstances really end up being judgments of ourselves. <laughs> and I just think we don't need that extra layer of unnecessary pressure. Um, I think motherhood is hard enough as it is to navigate and balance and learn and troubleshoot and, um, you know, all the many facets of what we do to nurture our children and ourselves. Uh, We really don't need that extra layer of comparison. Right. It, It doesn't help too that I feel like we're constantly bombarded by all of this messaging mm-hmm. external to us telling us what mom should be like and how we should have everything together and how we should be cooking dinner and you know what we should be wearing to you know drop our kids off to school and how we shouldn't appear a certain way and how we shouldn't do this and shouldn't do that and you know that's that's a lot to take in on top of everything else that we're dealing with you know i have a hard enough time getting food on the table sometimes or, you know, just getting organized enough in the morning. So we're not running late for school. You know, I don't, I don't need any more unnecessary stuff being thrown at me, telling me that that's bad and that's not good enough. And so for me, 
I also really try to limit my out in, in Facebook and Instagram and watching TV and getting commercials that are telling me to do a certain thing a certain way. So I try to just kind of turn it all off because the less I'm in my head about it, the better. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's important to note too, that like, at least when you're talking about marketing messages from advertisements and, you know, television shows and different things that there is a message there and it's not always a message that is what we need to be receiving. Um, I think social media can sometimes be that way. Um, It can also sometimes just be an inadvertent, something that happens when you have somebody's curated version of their life versus all aspects of their life on display. And I just think that we have to filter what we receive in and meditate on and just kind of believe about who we are. And earlier in the show, on the other segment, we talked about just how damaging it is to compare specifically to other people because comparison itself, you know, there's things we have to compare all the time in order to make decisions and weigh options. And it's really when you take that extra step to say, compared to that person, I am not blank enough (laughs) or, um, Mm -hmm. I don't know, just really that element of trying to value ourselves or value other people based on a moving target is really, (laughs) it's like a losing battle. Right. How do you, you can't win that. Yeah. So I think one of the things that this series brings up for me is just knowing that I have my children who are watching me and they see how I engage with different things in the world, with different people in the world, and especially my daughters, that they will take their cues from me about their own self-worth and their own body image and their own sense of identity they take those cues from their mothers in a lot of ways. And so I'd love for us to talk just a little bit about helping steer these formative years. How do we model what it looks like to have a healthy relationship with others, um, how we consider and think about ourselves and how we share with our daughters um, just about their value. Do you have thoughts about that? Yeah, I, something I've struggled with to be perfectly honest, because I've, I've, I've never really had a good self image and having a daughter, it's something I think about constantly because if I want Zoe to have anything, I want her to have a really positive body image. I want her to love herself. I want her to see that no matter what she ends up being like as an adult, she is beautiful and she is amazing and she is worthy of everything that she wants. And when I was going through my divorce at the end of it, like I, I was very sick and I had very disordered eating habits and it was, I was not headed in a good direction. And I will always remember my mom telling me, you know, Corey, you can't do this to yourself. You have someone looking up to you. You have to be healthy for her and you have to be modeling the behaviors that you would want her to be doing if she was in your situation too. And it, and it, it resonated with me so much because I, w- I was being hard not only on myself, I was being hard on my body. I, w- I, was take- I was taking that 
anger and everything else out and letting it affect my life in so many different ways. And I mean, a lot of that came from comparison issues as well, but feeling good about yourself, no matter what's going on or what you look like or what your weight is, it's, it's such an important thing. And having, having been in a place like that and having had those issues, you know, I, I still have thoughts of that. And I really try to watch myself because I would, I would never want Zoe to think if I would say those things that, Oh my God, maybe, maybe, maybe that's, maybe she's right in thinking that maybe I should be worried about that. And so I think having daughters really, really makes you think, like you said, about what, what we're saying and what we're doing and what we're modeling because they're listening and they're paying attention And the last thing we need to do is keep perpetuating this endless comparison of I'm not good enough. Yeah, I think, too, that we nurture our children from the time they're born. We feed them, we clothe them, we love them. And I think that nurturing comes very naturally in the very basic ways uh, because, I mean, basic needs, (laughs) we can meet those basic needs. But as they grow and as our relationships change with them and they're discovering more of themselves and they're really cluing into how we look at ourselves in the mirror, I just think that it's not always as straightforward. How do we nurture them in those years. And I think a lot of that is exactly what we're talking about is modeling how we nurture ourselves, which is one reason why the topic of self-care, which I feel like I say over and over again, (laughs) it just has really turned me upside down this year, realizing that if I do not engage self-care in a really meaningful, basic and daily way, that my daughters will not learn to do the same for themselves because I can tell them you need to take a shower, you need to brush your hair, you need to wash your face, you need to put on clean clothes. And I can tell them that, but if I'm not getting a shower and washing my face and just obviously taking the few extra minutes each day that it, that it takes me to really care for myself, which I can say is just extremely hard with the size of family that I have, with the yeah. life that I have kept. You know, so there's just a lot of things having to be rearranged for me to take that seriously. And sometimes I feel behind the curve, like, how did I not learn to nurture myself? Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's like, oh, I I feel the same way. You know, I think it's, it's the fascinating thing about motherhood, right? Like you, you have these kids or this child and like you said, you're nurturing them, right? And you, your life is pretty much about taking care of them. And that's a wonderful, amazing thing. But at the same time, because you're focusing all your energy on them, you're neglecting yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, you're, 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 you come secondary, to all of that. And so, like you said, things just kind of go by the wayside. I mean, I've been trying this year specifically to, since I haven't been writing as much, to try to start having much better habits, like daily habits, where I am washing my face before I go to bed. And I am brushing my teeth every night at the same time. And, you know, doing all of these things because I'm also trying to set those good examples for Zoe and 
it's funny by having to do that, it's forcing me to go, oh my gosh, Cora, you need to be doing this for yourself too. You know, these are like everyday basic things that a normal adult should be able to do on a regular basis. But for some reason, I just can't seem to be doing that. And it, and it's, I mean, you have to laugh at that and see kind of the humor in it and go, okay, this is what it is. But I do need to, I, I need to do a little bit better for myself because I'll feel better. And so, you know, and I, and I don't even think that it's just, you know, self-care in the basic sense. It's, I think it's also taking that time for yourself just to kind of slow down and stop. Because especially in my life, my days with Zoe were up and then I'm getting her ready for school and she goes to school and then I go to work and then I drive to pick her up. And, you know, some days we're not sitting down until 6.30 to eat dinner. And where is that time where you're really taking a moment and going, okay, I let's, let's take a breath, let's slow down, let's decompress from our day. And so the one thing we've been doing that I've actually been loving this year is that Zoe gets her library book or book that she's reading. She has to read for a certain amount of time every night. And I've totally gotten away from reading Mm -hmm. and it's something I love to do. And so after we're done with dinner and everything's put away and after we're in our pajamas and we've brushed our teeth and washed our faces and all of that stuff, we sit on the couch and we read. She's reading her book. I'm reading mine. But it's a very intentional time where we're still spending time together, but we're just taking a breath and decompressing for the evening. And every once in a while, we'll talk to one another, but it's okay that it's quiet and it's okay that we're just giving ourselves the grace to just say we're here together and we're taking care of ourselves. And that's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. And I love that that simple thing is teaching Zoe so many good, positive, wonderful things that she's able to go, oh, this is, I can do this. I can take time. And I'm seeing my mom do that because she looks at everything I do and she wants to be just like me. Mm-hmm. And this is this is this is a happy good thing that we're doing. And I'm not going to feel bad if I ever want to just do something for me. Yeah, and I just love too that it's kind of a rebellious act to say I'm not going to put productivity first. Yes, you know, for sure. Put these other things first, and there's a time for productivity. I love being productive. I love getting things done. Um, I have gotten things done for decades now. <laughs> at the expense of my own well-being, which is just not something I can sustain. And, you know, I just love that practice of just reading a book together. Um, I can't imagine how that would happen at my house if I (laughs) translated directly across. But a little similarly, I feel like when I get my kids ready for bed, I'm also getting ready for bed at that time, which I didn't used to do. I used to just shuffle them around and get their teeth brushed jammies, all the things. And then I would go like do whatever I wanted to for the next two or three hours after they went to bed. And then by the time it was time for me to get ready for bed, I was so exhausted. I would like race through like the bare minimum things and just never really took time to take time for that. And it's been really helpful just to switch. Once everybody's in getting ready for bed mode, I am too. And then I still stay up for a little while after. But by the time I want to fall asleep, I can just go to sleep. (laughs) Right. You you don't feel bad that you haven't done the other things. It also keeps me from snacking on things I shouldn't be snacking on. (laughs) I've I've been doing that too. When I brush my teeth at seven o'clock with Zoe, then I'm done eating, which is great. (laughs) Well, I just love that we can 
can talk about this because I think it's so important for many moms to just see that there is a way out of comparison that there are beautiful things about all of our lives, all of us as women that um, when we can stop trying to be somebody else or hit some mark for approval or validation or any other thing that makes us feel like we're less than. I just think that that just makes us stronger mothers. I think also that one thing that I just really hope that women go away with from our series is just seeing that what we talked about on the other segment, comparison is the thief of joy. (laughs) And that's one thing I wanted to ask you about if that particular quote, if that has played a role in your thinking on this topic in any way. And if so, if you have any thoughts to share. Yeah. One of my essays last year was, it was, it was kind of this, this day where Zoe and I were walking down the street by our apartment and we saw this house being built and it was huge, you know, and, and I, and I just stood there and looked at that house and I thought, oh my gosh, like, you know, I'm never going to have something like that. Like, look, look at where I am in my life and look at what I've done and where we are. And Oh my, it just seemed like this unattainable thing. And it was right there in view for me to see and for me to just, it was just the thing I was focusing on, right? I wasn't, I wasn't thinking about all these other things that I have. I was thinking about these things that I didn't have. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was fall and there were leaves and I was, I picked up these leaves and showing Zoe the difference between the two sizes. And, you know, and she just looked at me and she said, you know, I, we have better things to do than this mom, you know? And I used the quote, in that essay of comparison is the thief of joy because you know there there I was in this moment of us walking to the park to do something really fun and just the two of us Mm -hmm. and I was focusing on these other things that were so secondary and not important at that moment and you know there's always reminding me like why are we why are we doing why are we stopped here mom you know we're going to do something fun come on and when when we focus on those things that we don't have, those have nots, right? You know, it just takes away from the beauty of what's going on right now in our lives. And, you know, my life is so different than I pictured it being when I was a little girl. This is this is this was not part of my plan <laughs> at all. But I really think when I look closely at it, when I when I'm not stepping back and going, Oh my gosh, like you know, what is, where is this that I found myself when I'm in those kinds of snapshots of moments where Zoe's running down the road to the park and laughing and I hear her laughter, or I think about how wonderful our apartment, this place has been for us to land in after all of that and how, how happy Zoe is here and how just happy she is all the time. And these are my everyday, everything's that I'm experiencing right now. And that that's so much better than those someday somethings that I'm worried yeah. about. So let me refocus on what's going on right now and just thank God that this is where I am because it's a really, really beautiful place. Well, I think maybe we could re-say the quote as comparison is the thief of our right now joy. And I think that's really insightful. And 
I would love for you to share with our listeners where they can find you online because I want to send them all over to read your series and anything else that you have posted on your blog since, where can they find you? So it's www.nostalgiadiaries.com. Well, thank you so much for being here, Corey, and for your continued investment in our community these past months and for just sharing from your heart. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Emily. I love that this group has been such a wonderful thing for me. And I also think, like we were talking about earlier, that Kindred Mom shows the honesty of motherhood and and the realness of it. And it's such a breath of fresh air when you're seeing all that other messaging out there on the internet of stuff that's just not good. And so it's such a good place and and a wonderful area just to to step into and read all of these essays about all of these amazing moms. Because at the end of the day, we might have a bunch of differences, but we're all moms. Well, I, I just love it. And I'm so glad that you've been a part of it. Thanks, Emily. 